Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, I had a discussion with about 45 Christians uh, yesterday in the Ukraine via Zoom. They're all in different locations. And I hope to reveal a couple of things about uh, what we talked about a little bit later in the program. But I want to start with something that actually happened yesterday or the day before in the news regarding President Biden and transgenderism. Uh, If your God agrees with you on everything, you probably don't have the right God. You might be making God in your image rather than submitting to the fact that he made you in his image. President Biden yesterday or the day before put out a video recognizing uh, a, a new trans day, that trans visibility day, I think he called it. And he said that you are made in the image of God. And he's absolutely right about that. We're all made in the image of God. And everybody needs to be treated with respect, regardless of what political position you have, regardless of what your beliefs are, regardless of what your gender is or your sex is. Everybody needs to be treated with respect because they are made in the image of God. He's got that right. But he didn't read the next verse. Here's what Genesis 1.27 says. So God created mankind. It's it's not even the next verse. It's the same verse. (laughs) Here's what it said. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The president, for some reason, decided he wasn't going to read that part. Why cherry pick from the same verse? A phrase you like and not the next phrase. God created us male and female. And by the way, as I've said several times before, transgenderism presupposes fixed genders. Look, if, I, if I'm a man physically, but I think I'm a woman, I have to have some idea of what a man is and some idea of what a woman is in order to know the difference. Also, if I want to commit myself to some sort of transition, I have to know what a man is and what a woman is to even do that. So transgenderism presupposes fixed genders. Here's the problem. You can change your mind, but you can't change your sex. If you have a mismatch between your mind and your body with regard to sex, you can change your mind, but you can't change your body. Okay, this is... This should be obvious. You can't change the 100 trillion cells that you have that all declare very clearly via science that you are either a male or a female. You can try and change your body to look more like a male or a female, but you can't change your sex. You can 
You can, you're, the appearance of it, you can change the appearance, but you can't really change your sex. It's part of every cell of your body. Now, why was the president talking about this? Well, here's a, a, an article from the Christian Post on it. it. says, President Joe Biden declared his support for allowing children. He just doesn't want to recognize people. I'm, I'm interrupting my, my thought here. He doesn't want to just recognize that all people are made in the image of God. He wants to say this. He declared his support for allowing children and adolescents with gender dysphoria to undergo body mutilating surgeries or use puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to look more like the opposite sex despite unknowns about long-term side effects. In multiple documents released Thursday, which is observed by some as the Transgender Day of Visibility, the Biden administration backed what it described as, quote, here it is, gender-affirming health care, unquote, for children. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Population Affairs released a document titled, here it is, Gender-Affirming Care and Young People. Now, if you go look at this document online, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you will see up in the right-hand corner they have some definitions and here's what their definition is of cisgender. That's C-I-S, gender. This is the definition. Describes a person whose gender identity aligns with their sex assigned at birth. All right, first of all, this is gobbledygook from the very beginning. This is a politically motivated document. Your sex is not determined at birth. Your sex is discovered at birth. In fact, it's discovered in the womb. <laughs> We have our second grandson on the way. He's not going to arrive here uh, outside of the womb until July, Lord willing. But we already know it's a he. He's a he. How do we know that? Because you can, you can discover sex in the womb via a test. It's easy to do. And yet there are people out there denying that sex actually exists. Or they're trying to say that it's just in my mind. Your sex is not assigned at birth. It's discovered at birth. It's not determined. It's discovered. But what do I know? I'm not a biologist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how did we go during the Kavanaugh hearings from believe every woman to the Jackson hear hearings where we're asking, what's a woman? I mean, we've gone from believe every woman to what's a woman in like three years. How does this happen? The world has gone mad. But thankfully, our friends at the Babylon Bee, are, they're helping us regain our sanity. Here's a couple of Babylon Bee headlines about this. Adam confused by new creature God put in the garden as he is not a biologist. Right? Another Babylon Bee headline, kindergartner granted PhD in biology after correctly distinguishing boy from girl. I mean, this is, it's so absurd now. When you, when you post some of these headlines on Twitter, there are people that will actually respond back. Hey, did you know this is a satire site? Yeah, we know it's a satire site. And the satire is so real, you actually think it's true, don't you? And you think I think it's true. <laughs> well, it, it almost is true. Because when you have somebody who is trying to be on the United States Supreme Court 
And when she's asked a question, what's a woman? She says, I'm not a biologist. You go, this world is crazy. How does this woman should not get anywhere near the Supreme Court if she can't tell you what a woman is? I mean, how is she going to rule on cases that have to do with women's rights? How is she going to rule on Title IX cases or civil rights cases if she doesn't know what a woman is? This is madness. Now, obviously, she does know what a woman is, but she feels like she can't say without upsetting someone. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not in a free country when you are worried about every word that comes out of your mouth, a, a, a word that could cancel you and destroy your career forever. You no longer live in a free country. You're living in a tyrannical, totalitarian regime. If, if you're worried that you can't even call a man a man or a woman a woman, this is absurd. And this woman is allegedly going to be on the Supreme Court, and she's going to have to decide what our freedoms mean in light of the Constitution. Well, if you don't know what a woman is, you don't know what a man is, how are you going to even know what women's rights are or men's rights are or rights in general are? How are you going to know what, uh, what religious freedom is? It, 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 it's, it boggles the mind to think that we're going to put someone on the Supreme Court who doesn't even have the courage enough to say what everybody in the room already knows. All right, friends, there's a lot more on this right after the break. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network, 180 stations around the country, also in podcast that I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Check it out there. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go anywhere. I don't know if you've heard, but the Babylon Bee has been banned from Twitter because they had a satirical story that gave Rachel Levine the Man of the Year award because, well, Rachel Levine is really Richard Levine. That's what he was for 54 years. Uh, and then he transitioned to become Rachel Levine, who is in the government as, as some kind of uh, admiral. And... Uh, he, Babylon B, decided, well, this is going to be a fun story. That that Because USA Today, I think, came out and said, okay, Rachel Levine is a woman of the year. So Babylon B said, Rachel Levine is the man of the year. So they were banned from Twitter. And and uh, my friend Seth Dillon, who owns the Babylon B, said, we're not taking that tweet down. We're, it's true. We're not, we're not going to kowtow to this. And my other friend, Charlie Kirk, and by the way, uh, thank you, uh, Charlie Kirk listeners. Uh, Charlie and I uh, did a podcast on his show a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. And uh, Charlie is such a good interviewer. He knows the apologetics material just as well as he knows uh, the country and politics. And so when he interviewed me on Evidence for God, I think that might be the most concise interview I've ever been able to do by somebody asking me questions because Charlie knew the right questions to ask and we packed more evidence in a 40-minute podcast than I think I've ever I've ever done before and so listen go to go to Charlie Kirk's Charlie Kirk's uh, podcast and look back in the beginning of March maybe mid-March or so 
for a podcast uh, with me if you're interested in this uh, because we covered a lot of material in a short period of time. And I know many people then discovered our podcast, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, through Charlie. So thank you for listening. Our podcast has gone up in rankings on Apple. I'm glad we're reaching more people now. And if you really want to help us do that more, please go wherever you listen to this podcast and put a positive review up there. In any event, Charlie has been kicked off Twitter too because uh, he retweeted the Babylon Bee headline and maybe something else about Rachel Levine. And and, uh, so the Babylon Bee put out another (laughs) headline that says this, Taliban spokesman finally banned from Twitter after sharing Babylon Bee headline. (laughs) It's absurd what's going on. They also have a video up on the Babylon Bee about new Twitter employees and how they decide who to ban. It's very funny. You ought to check it out. You can find it on their YouTube channel. Uh, In any event, let me go back to the story of the day that we've been talking about, and that is the president uh, releasing just this week uh, a number of of initiatives, and one of them is this idea of gender-affirming health care. And I'm I'm back to the Christian Post story on this. Uh, Here's what the story says. The network's document defined gender-affirming care as including so-called evidence-based interventions such as puberty blockers and gender-affirming hormones and proclaiming that gender-affirming care is neither child maltreatment nor malpractice. The story goes on to say the statement comes as officials in Texas have defined administering puberty-blocking drugs on children who question their gender as child abuse and experimental since the Food and Drug Administration has not approved such drugs for that use. About a month ago, we did a podcast called It's Biology, Not Bigotry, where I went through a speech by Abigail Schreier. And I learned so much from that speech that Ms. Schreier gave. She's the one that wrote the book, The Transgender Craze. Uh, Actually, the book is called uh, Irreversible Damage, How the Transgender Craze, uh, Craze is Seducing Our Daughters. She points out, that uh, these drugs are not approved by the FDA. We've been giving young people and are giving young people Lupron. Lupron is a drug that we used to give people who were sex offenders to chemically castrate them. And now we're giving it to kids to prevent puberty. We don't know what the outcome's going to be. The FDA hasn't even approved this drug for that use. This is, this is absurd. Back to the Christian Post article. There is no scientifically sound research showing negative effects from providing gender-affirming care. This is what the government is saying. Transgender, gender-diverse, and intersex youth can thrive when they are supported and affirmed in their identities and their identity development. This is what the government's saying to us. And it's The the story goes on to say, an entry on the Mayo Clinic's website states that drugs aimed at puberty blocking might, this is might, ladies and gentlemen, in scare quotes, might help reduce depression among youth. However, and here's the quote from the Mayo Clinic, however, puberty suppression alone might not ease gender dysphoria, said the clinic, adding, using medication to delay Puberty beyond one's peers can be stressful 
And thus, a child might experience lower self-esteem. Self-esteem, easy for me to say. Anyway, the story goes on to say this. The conservative, they always have to put this, even on the Christian Post has to say, the conservative American College of Pediatricians. They don't say the liberal pediatrician academy or the other group that's on the left side. Anyway, the conservative American College of Pediatricians pushed back on this and said this. Uh, They said that physicians and healthcare professionals dedicated to the health and well-being of children has long voiced its opposition to using puberty-blocking drugs on children suffering from gender dysphoria. There is, here's what they say, there is not a single, get this, not a single long-term study to demonstrate the safety or efficacy of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries for transgender-believing youth. This means that youth transition is experimental and therefore parents cannot provide informed consent nor can minors provide assent for these interventions. Moreover, the best long-term evidence we have among adults shows that medical intervention fails to reduce suicide. It goes on. Temporary use of puberty blocker Lupron has also been associated and may be the cause of many serious permanent side effects, including osteoporosis, mood disorders, seizures, cognitive impairment, and when combined with cross-sex hormones, sterility. In addition to the harm from Lupron, cross-sex hormones put youth at an increased risk of heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, blood clots, and cancers across their lifetime, unquote. And we think we're going to experiment on the kids with this stuff? Ladies and gentlemen, the left's religion is sexual license. And we need to protect our children from this harmful religion. It's sexual license. In fact, let me find uh, another section over here. Another story over here from Joel Abbott. This is on notthebee.com. This is the... The real news, not the fake news website of the Babylon Bee, the real news website. And in an article, uh, Joel Abbott says this. He says, we aren't talking about grown men suffering from the mental illness known as gender dysphoria. We are talking about kids, some as young as toddlers, who are being pressured by our elites to carve up their bodies, stop natural processes, make themselves sterile, and embark on a lifelong hormone ride that will turn them into living Frankenstein monsters. It's sick. It's against nature in the highest order. Freaking Joseph Mengele never imagined such horrors. This is Joel Abbott speaking. Is this madness? If this isn't madness, I don't know what madness is. Why does the government think it has the medical expertise to encourage children to stay in their state of gender dysphoria and get untested and risky treatments that may sterilize them and bring these diseases on them for the rest of their lives? Why don't they follow the science? Is the government aware that those with gender dysphoria have a suicide rate 19 times higher than the general public after surgery? So how does affirming young people in this, how does it help them? It doesn't. Does the government also recognize, apparently Joe Biden doesn't, that more than 80% of young people who experience gender dysphoria as children grow out of it by the time they're 18? And yet here's Joe Biden and his entire administration 
encouraging people to get these treatments. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not going to stand up and protect children, who are you going to stand up for? This is insanity. And it comes from the very top of our government. I, I, I can't think of one thing Joe Biden's doing right now. No. Well, maybe there's one. I don't know what it is. This is, and, and, and tragically, I don't even think he's in charge. I think he's being pushed from people around him, from his staff. This is, this is very sad and very scary. By the way, in February, back to the Christian Post article, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson issued a formal opinion stating that prescribing puberty blockers or conducting sex change surgeries on children with gender dysphoria, quote, can legally constitute child abuse under several provisions of Chapter 261 of the Texas Family Code, unquote. Texas is also investigating whether AbbVie, Inc. and Endo Pharmaceuticals, Inc., manufacturers of puberty blockers, have been engaging in deceptive advertising practices. Paxson's office had issued civil investigative demands against these two companies seeking to determine, quote, whether these manufacturers of puberty-blocking drugs deceptively advertised and promoted hormone blockers for unapproved uses without disclosing the potential risks to children and their parents. Companies should never promote or supply puberty blockers for uses that are not intended or approved, stated Paxson. I will not allow Big Pharma to misleadingly promote these drugs that may pose a high risk of serious physical and psychological damage to Texas children who cannot yet fathom or consent to their potential long-term effects of such abuse, unquote. The Biden administration has since challenged Texas. Of course they have. They're doing everything contrary to common sense, the Biden administration. Thank God for Texas down there saying, we're going to call an end to this. This is child abuse, and it is. It's ridiculous. Giving Lupron to kids, chemically castrating them. In fact, even in the UN, I'm sorry, over at the United Kingdom, their National Health Service reports this. Little is known about the long-term side effects of hormone or puberty blockers in children with gender dysphoria, unquote. Yet they're doing it over there, too. Let's experiment on the kids, ladies and gentlemen. Crazy. Absolutely crazy, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to stand up against this. Actually, we need to stand up for children. Instead of being against something, let's be for the children and get them the proper care that they need. Everybody's made in the image of God. You're right, President Biden. Read the next phrase. He made them male and female. Let's help them be what they're created to be. I'm Frank Turek. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We're back in two minutes. Just this past week, ladies and gentlemen, I spoke down at Louisiana Christian University. Great little Christian school, maybe a thousand students or so, right in the middle of uh, Louisiana, Alexandria. Louisiana. They have a great president there, Rick Brewer, and a great staff. They're really interested in apologetics and equipping young people uh, in order to make them ready to be disciples when they get out in the world. And so if you're looking for a college, a Christian college, you might want to take a look at Louisiana Christian University. Great little school. Enjoyed being there. I look forward to going back. 
and by the way, you can see all of the events that we did there. We did two events uh, there uh, last week. Go to our YouTube channel and you will see them up there. Every time we go to a college campus, we stream the events. And uh, this is the first Christian college we've done this year. Uh, toward the end of April, I think it's April 24th and 25th, we'll be down again in Louisiana, this time though at LSU, Louisiana State University. Uh, and all the details are on our website, so you can check that out on our website. And if you're anywhere near Baton Rouge, uh, it is open to the public, uh, the Monday night event is. And if you're not near Baton Rouge, it will be streamed, so I hope to see you there. All right, uh, a lot of people will say, oh, Frank, this is so overblown. I mean, people aren't really transitioning as, they're not transitioning young people despite what the president says. I mean, this is very rare if it happens at all. Oh, contraire, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this just came out this week, and I think uh, this was broken by the Daily Mail over in the UK. Here's the headline. School nurse suspended revealing student 11 on puberty blockers. And this is in Connecticut. Ladies and gentlemen, here is a UK newspaper covering something that goes on in Connecticut, a Connecticut school. Kathleen Cataford, who worked at the Richard J. Kinsella Magnet School in Hartford, was axed from her role Monday over the post which was branded transphobic. She posted something on Facebook. Here's what she posted. This lady, I think it said in the article that she's 77 years old, this nurse, school nurse. Here's what she posted. I have the post on Facebook. Her name is Kathleen Cataford. She said, buyer beware. Investigate the school system curriculum. Connecticut is a very socially liberal, gender-confused state. As a public school nurse, I have an 11-year-old female on puberty blockers and a dozen students identifying as non-binary. All but two keeping this a secret from their parents with the help of teachers, social workers, and the administration. Teachers and social workers are spending 37 and a half hours a week influencing your children not necessarily teaching your children what you think is being taught. Children are introduced to this confusion in kindergarten by this school social worker who teaches, she has that in quotes, teaches, social and emotional regulation and school expectations. This lady goes on to say, science tells us that a child's brain continues development into the early 20s. Hence laws prohibiting alcohol, tobacco, vaping, and pot. But it's okay to inject hormones into confused prepubescent children and perform genital mutilating surgery on an adolescence? How incongruent is that thinking exactly? Now, this lady has gotten axed from her job for exposing this kind of corruption in the school. Oh, you can't expose the privacy of students. Notice she didn't name anybody. She didn't say this girl's getting hormone uh, uh, puberty blockers, this 11-year-old. She just said, I have an 11-year-old. She's not exposing anybody by name. She's just exposing the tyranny and the secrecy going on 
where these school teachers and social workers and the administration themselves think that they are the gods of these young kids and are causing these young kids, influencing these young kids to make decisions that may make them sterile and give them the diseases that we've already spoken of earlier in the program. This is child abuse. These people ought to be arrested. But maybe in Connecticut, maybe, maybe there's a law like there is in Oregon and Washington, Washington State, where you don't have to get parental consent to do these things. We talked about this when we did the Abigail Schreier podcast about a month ago, the one called Biology Versus, uh, or it's, it's not uh, Bigotry, it's Biology. Go back and listen to that one, because out there, there, were, there was a girl out there as young as 13 years old who had a double mastectomy, top surgery without parental consent. In fact, man, it just frosts me to even talk about this, how mad, maddening this is. Uh, I'm looking for uh, a section in here. Oh, here it is. The document, the government document that uh, the Joe Biden talked about the other day when he talked about Trans Visibility Day. The document, the government document lists top surgeries, elective mastectomies, and breasts enhancement, and bottom surgeries, removal of genitals as, get this, gender-affirming care. That's not gender-affirming care, ladies and gentlemen. That's gender destruction. You're not, you're not caring for anybody when you are cutting off perfectly working sexual organs. Or when it comes to breasts, childbearing organs, child feeding organs. In fact, there's another story that you need to be aware of. Where is it? This, oh, this is a story that has a positive message. And it's at, again, not the B. Former trans folks flood social media with their stories for D-Trans Awareness Days. I don't have time to read all these, but these are people who were young, maybe in their teens, who were encouraged to get transition surgery and now regret it and are trying to recover. They're trying to detransition. Here's one by the name of Jesse who says this. The LGBT community online brainwashed me into thinking my confusion and pain was gender dysphoria at 16 years old. I am so grateful I only socially transitioned. At 24, I am happy, thriving, feminine. I love being a woman and was never anything else. There are several other stories here. I can't go through them, but if, if you go to the Not the Bee, in fact, we'll put all these links in the description of the podcast. So if you want to read them yourself, you can see these people saying, I, I wish I had never done this. Look, 80% of these people, these young people grow out of it by the time they're 18. Why would we give them a life of, of difficulty and sterility when there is a very good chance just waiting is going to solve the problem. Why would we do that? Because the left has a religion known as sexual license. And they will do anything, it seems, even against a parent's knowledge to affirm sexual license. Look, 
Transgenderism is like anorexia. You would never give liposuction to an anorexic. You would say, your mind is not aligned with your body. Let's change your mind. We need to do the same thing when it comes to transgenderism, especially with children. Look, if you're an adult and you want to go down that road, that's your choice. But when you're a child, you need to say, look, your mind and your body are at odds. You can change your mind. You can't change your your sex. You can't do it. It's impossible. It's a scientific fact. And I know that may hurt your feelings, but as Ben Shapiro has said, facts don't care about your feelings. If you want to truly respect people, you tell them the truth. You don't tell them what they want to hear. As Thomas Sowell famously said, when you tell people what they need to hear, you're helping them. When you tell people what they want to hear, you're helping yourself. You're helping yourself because you don't want people to get mad at you when you tell them the truth. Well, your job is to tell people the truth and leave the results to God. You love people by telling them the truth. You disrespect them by lying to them. You can't change your sex. Sorry. It's impossible. The general difference, one of the major differences between the left and the right is this. The right believes that you should change your behavior to fit reality. The left believes you should change reality to fit your behavior. You can't change reality to fit your behavior. Certainly not when it comes to your sex. It is what it is. All are made in the image of God. All deserve respect, but God made them male and female. So, we need to defend what's true and what's right because people are getting hurt. Young people are getting hurt. Just read that article. Or you can go to sexchangeregret.com. Sexchangeregret.com. We need to stand for what's right. And if you can't stand for what's right, then you're not following the Lord. Now, one of the problems is, in our culture, people think feelings must be followed at all costs. Follow your heart. No, you don't follow. Your your heart is deceitful and wicked. Your heart changes. Your heart is conflicting. I mean, the evidence actually shows your heart does change. 80% of kids who think they're another sex grow out of it, as I've mentioned. And, And by the way, why is that? Why have we had this explosion of transgenderism in our country? The reason is, is because of social media. I mean, it used to affect one of every 10,000 mostly men, gender dysphoria did. Now, in some girls' schools, 30% of the girls are saying, oh, I'm trans now. We've gone in one in 10,000 mostly men to 3,000 in 10,000 girls. How does that happen? It's all social contagion. Young people are lonely and depressed, and they want to get out of it. So they think that they're going to get applause if they come out as trans, and they are. And anyone who says they're wrong is going to get canceled. And secondly, that this is going to solve their problem. And it doesn't solve their problem. Even people that get the surgery are, t- are 19 times more likely to commit suicide. You, you treat this problem with psychiatry. You treat this problem with the love of God. You treat this problem with giving people purpose, the purpose of being in God's kingdom. You don't treat it with surgery. Just like you don't treat anorexia with surgery. You don't give an anorexic liposuction. There's more we could talk about this, but 
We're running out of time, and I got to tell you a little bit about the Ukraine. What's going on over there? We have some inside information, information that might surprise you, actually, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a bonus podcast this week called The Bible Story You Are In. It's about the prodigal son passage. And I forgot to mention one thing in that podcast that I just didn't get to it. I had so much to cover. The prodigal son parable is, I think probably the best parable that explains the overall meaning and purpose of Christianity, if you understand it rightly. If you didn't listen to that podcast, go back and listen to it, please. Because when I first heard what I was able to share with you on that podcast, it really revolutionized my thinking about what Christianity really is and what the grace of God really means. Anyway, If you remember in that podcast, for those of you that did listen to it, I said in every parable, there's at least two characters, sometimes three. God is in every parable, and you are in every parable. And in in the parable of the prodigal son, there's actually a third character in the parable, and that is the Pharisees. For example, in the parable, God represents, or God is represented by the father in the parable. And the sinners are represented by the prodigal son, the younger son who runs off and wastes his father's resources. And the elder brother who stays home and continues to work for the father represents the Pharisees. Well, if you remember why Jesus told that parable, he told that parable along with the lost coin and the lost uh, sheep. He told that parable because the Pharisees were muttering that this man Jesus hangs out with sinners and eats with them. And the Pharisees are thinking, you can't do that, man. You need to separate yourself from these immoral people. So Jesus tells the three parables, lost coin, lost sheep, lost son. In other words, Jesus is responding to the Pharisees by telling these parables, and he's claiming that he's doing what the father in the parable does, that he goes out and he seeks and finds what is lost. You know what Jesus is doing when he says this, when he gives those three parables? Jesus is claiming to be God. Because you see, in the parable, God is represented by the Father, or the Father represents God. Well, Jesus is claiming that's who he is. He's God. He's going out to seek that which is lost. So when the Pharisees say, why are you hanging out with sinners and lost people? Jesus is saying, because I'm God. That's who I hang out with. I go out to find these people and bring them into the kingdom. Now, there's a lot more to the parable that we don't have time to talk about now. You got to go back and listen to the last last podcast. It's called The Bible Story You Are In. And a lot of that, by the way, I learned from uh, Tim Keller in his book, The Prodigal God. So if you want a book on it, get Tim's book, the prodigal God. Anyway, I had to, had to add that in there because I think that's fascinating. Jesus claims to be God in many ways, and one of the ways he claims to be God is by being the father in the prodigal son parable and also the one that goes out and seeks the lost coin and the lost sheep. In any event, now let's talk about Ukraine. 
I had the opportunity to speak with a friend in Ukraine who is part of a ministry over there. I've spoken to him before. I'm going to keep his name out of it just to protect him. He's in an area where the Russians are right now. And uh, yesterday we had a, uh, they interviewed me for about an hour and asking me about my insights on war, the Ukraine war, my insights in the military. Is war justified? Is it not justified? All those issues. Uh, If you want to know my thoughts on that, uh, I actually wrote an article back in 2008. It's still on our website, crossexamine.org. It's called Jesus and the Case for War. Just look it up on our website. And, and despite that title, not all war is justified. Don't get me wrong. I'm just pointing out that some wars are justified. So check out that. And we'll, we'll put the link in our, in our uh, description of this, of this uh, podcast as well, Jesus and the Case for War. In any event, um, I got a report on the situation in Ukraine from a, a former congressman who puts out a report once a week. And uh, I'm not at liberty to tell you what this is right now, but I'm going to read a section of it. And uh, this is as of 29 March, just a couple of days ago. He says this, this slow motion tragedy has turned into a grinding war of attrition with huge collateral damage and casualties of noncombatants. After nearly five weeks of war, it has become clear that Russia's much vaunted force is in reality lacking in quality training, sustainable logistics, quality vehicle and system maintenance and clear objectives. Moreover, there seems to be a lack of strong unit cohesion among Russian forces. There is an age old saying that the greatest source of inspiration is desperation. To that end, the Ukraine Defense Force and groups of citizens committed to resisting the Russians have developed amazing initiative, creativity, and resourcefulness, not to mention extraordinary levels of moral and physical courage in the face of the larger Russian formations. In the end, Russia seems to have stumbled into an ugly conflict and still intends to join Crimea and Donbass regions by conquering a land bridge via Maropol the scenes of horrific devastation and attacks on civilians. This war is far from over. So they're intending to do this by attacking civilians, and they've done. Okay, so I sent, this is just an introductory uh, paragraph to a full report that's several pages. So I sent this to my friend in Ukraine, and uh, I asked him, is this entire report accurate? Here's what he wrote back. I have reviewed this report, and in general, it accurately reflects the situation. The Russian plan failed because they underestimated the patriotism of the Ukrainians and also because they forcibly sent their people to war. Therefore, Russian soldiers surrender or run away at the slightest opportunity. However, the losses on both sides are huge. I doubt some of the news because, as you rightly said today, people tend to demonize each other. Living among Russians, we're saying that because we, we had just done this, this uh, Zoom meeting for an hour, and I, I, I wanted to point out that we ought not demonize, look, even in war, you don't demonize the opponent. They're human beings made in the image of God. If you demonize them, you're attacking the nature of God, uh, and, and, and it's going to cause you to commit war tr- crimes. Do you have to defend yourself against them? Yes. Might you have to kill them? Yes, you might have to do that in self-defense. But you don't demonize people. That's what the Nazis did. That's how they were able to get everyday German guards to murder innocent women and children because they told them that these Jews were subhuman. You don't 
demonize the Russians. You don't demonize the Ukrainians. You don't demonize even the Nazis. You don't demonize the Jews. You don't demonize anything, anyone. They're all made in the image of God. That's what President Biden had right in his statement, as we talked about earlier. And we treat everybody with respect, but that doesn't mean that we accept every idea or every policy or every action as equal, equally good. We don't. In any event, let me get back to what my friend in the Ukraine said. He said, living among Russians, I generally consider them to be the same people as Ukrainians, simply deceived by their authorities. They sincerely believe that Nazism is flourishing in Ukraine and so on. Moreover, the Ukrainians also harm the civilian population. This is quite a... Uh, Quite an admission for Ukrainian to make. Although they try not to talk about it, but it's just a fact. Here is a video of my friend's house after yesterday's shelling. So he shows me a video of the, this, this building just being bombed out. So I write him back. I said, what city is the video from? And it's the, the, uh, the area he's in, which is right where the Russians are. Uh, Donast, I think it's called. I don't, I'm not pronouncing that rightly. In any event, I then sent him a, a, a news article. This happens to be from NBC. don't know if I can trust them, but it had to do with the Nazi problem in Ukraine. Is that true? And of course, I went on to say, even if it's true, it doesn't justify what Putin has done. You don't, it's not a just war to invade another country unprovoked. I don't care who's in that country, okay? If, if it's totally unprovoked and it has been unprovoked, so I sent him the article from NBC News about Nazis being in Ukraine. And of course, Laura Logan, the former C uh, 60 Minutes reporter, has pointed that out as well, that there are Nazis in Ukraine. And so here's what my contact in the Ukraine said. He said, yes, in general, this article correctly describes the situation, although most Ukrainians would deny it. But since I've been living in Donetsk, this is... Again, I might not pronounce it right, but it's D-O-N-E-T-S-K. That's in the southeastern part of Ukraine. This is where the Russians are trying to come across and, and connect it to Crimea and, and have a land bridge to Crimea right into the Black Sea area. Okay, so that's where this guy is. He says, I've been living in Donetsk all this time of the war. I know perfectly well what this article is talking about. There are indeed radical parties in Ukraine that support Nazi doctrine in some areas, but I must say that there are not as many of them as Russia says. And I must say in general, the government of Ukraine is quite bad. This is from a Ukrainian. <laughs> now, in fact, only President Zelensky is showing his good side. As our moderator said yesterday, there are always two sides to a war. But I think that this is just a pretext for Putin. And his main task is to eliminate the threat from NATO to Russia by any means. He does not want to give up control of neighboring territories. And then he shows me another video and another photo of the shelling in Donetsk, where he is, where a missile or a bomb has taken out the top two floors of an apartment building. They're attacking civilians over there, the Russians are. Now, this Ukrainian even admits that sometimes the Ukrainians are doing that as well. So there are war crimes being committed over there. None of this justifies what Putin has done. Let me say that again. I'm, I'm just pointing out this Ukrainian who is an apologist over there, I mean a Christian apologist, 
He is telling the truth about what's going on over there. And he's saying, yeah, we've got problems on both sides. But of course, Putin is ultimately responsible for this. And he is. And we need to pray. We need to pray for the Ukrainians. We need to pray for their leaders. We need to pray for the Russians and pray for their leaders, too. We need to pray for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all the people you might not agree with. And I certainly don't agree with. They're all made in the image of God. They just got to start governing rightly and with common sense. And we can all pray that that can happen. Let's do that. Let's get involved. Let's stand up for what's right. Always treating people with respect, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm Frank Turek. Back next week. God bless.